Hi, welcome back. This is episode two. Now, um, I didn't really consider the fact that I might be making this a podcast, but I guess I am now. Um, this is episode two of fuck. What was it called again? Let me double check. A form of expression. This is indeed a form of expression, which is you know the title. This is why you're listening. Um, let's just get straight into it. I didn't, again, no script, so I'm kind of just going off on whatever I want to go off on. Um, hopefully it sounds better than the first episode, because I did do quite a bit of, uh, what is it? Um like preparation for this episode and by preparation I just mean move some shit around it's, it's not really the most groundbreaking of things but hopefully it does sound better than the last one um if anybody does listen just let me know um so let's see I was kind of pushing back on trying to start this episode or like when I was going to record this episode because I don't know why I kind of just like didn't really find or think of anything to talk about I guess the first reason or the reason I did the first one was because I was feeling kind of down at the time and I kind of just wanted to talk but now I feel I guess a little better I'm not really on that down depressive state that I was originally when I recorded the first one but yeah um, I'm not really too sure what I'm going to be talking about, but, yeah, I'm recording this on Christmas, by the way, um, yesterday, I had the whole, uh, what's it called, I guess, Christmas celebration, because, you know, as a Mexican, we kind of just really celebrate that shit on the 24th, and 25th is just a recovery day for all the drinking you did on the 24th, so, um, yeah, I went over to my family's house my dia's house for the first time in fuck i want to say a year maybe two years i'm not really too sure it's been a while a long while since i've seen family like that and it was i don't know i don't want to say uncomfortable i guess it was just an experience it was kind of weird seeing everyone for the first time in, again, two years. It was a very odd experience, I'm not gonna lie. But, yeah. Um, we ate, obviously, that's the first thing we did. Um, good food, decent food. I don't think I finished, I finished it all, for, which I'm actually kind of proud of. You know, being able to eat that much food. So that's good. Um, then we played this like family game where you kind of just like fill up a glass of water and you don't want to overfill it uh yeah i got second place unfortunately i didn't win but oh well who cares i am now five dollars in debt i owe the winner five dollars imagine that damn i'm starting this year off to a very bad start anyways so yeah that was fun after that they all exchanged gifts with each other and you know obviously since I didn't see the motherfuckers in two years they didn't really expect me to be there so you know naturally I didn't get anything and obviously I'm not really tripping about that I didn't give anyone anything either because you know I didn't really expect to go there I kind of just got invited this fucking week Oh, I think I got invited uh, today, Sunday, so that would be, I think Thursday, maybe Friday, I was told that I was going to be fucking going there. So, yeah, I just showed up, ate, played, and uh, yeah, I didn't get anything, <laughs> which is, I don't know, I expected it, but the feeling of being the only person there well my brother didn't get anything either because you know but even then he goes there more often than I do like a lot more often than I do and he didn't get anything it's just kind of weird I guess 
but even then, like, I obviously, you know, again, didn't expect to get anything, but still just seeing everyone get something kind of just made me feel like, damn, what am I supposed to be doing here if I'm just, you know, not doing shit? It was kind of weird. I guess, I don't know. It sounds selfish. Like, oh, I didn't get anything. What the hell, man? But it, it is the reality of things. It is how it feel. So I'm not really going to lie about that. Uh, So, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really the most excited for Christmas this year. I kind of just woke up yesterday and I'm like, oh, fuck. It is Christmas Eve. Holy shit. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it was fucking, I don't know. It was weird. Before, you know, um, when I was younger, I used to wake up, or not even wake up, but just anticipate that, oh shit, yeah, Christmas is coming, let's go, let's go, Christmas. It's gonna come, it's gonna come, we're gonna get something. But, I mean, recently it's kind of just been like, oh fuck, Christmas. Damn, I completely forgot that was a thing. Um, so yeah, it is very, con I wouldn't say concerning, I would say more, I don't know, it's just an experience that I never really expected to get, well, I guess I kind of expected it, but, yeah. Hope everyone listening is having a good Christmas, by the way. I hope you get a lot of things, whether that be gifts or... You know, good time spending good times with the family or friends. Either is fine, or you know, just eat quite a bit of food. You know. Hope everybody has a good Christmas. Oh yeah, let's get it. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I was reading. Well, not reading. Well, I guess I did read just earlier, just before I started this recording, I was reading quite a bit on Albert Camus, completely different topic by the way, um, just Albert Camus and his idea of absurdism, I've always been kind of fascinated by the idea of absurdism, where <clears throat> it's kind of like recognizing that, or like the, the point in life you reach where you want to know more. Or you keep, or you, it's kind of like asking the, you, the universe the question, what is there to life? What is there more to life? And the universe just looks at you like, nothing. There's nothing there. No response, no nothing. And it's, I guess, coming to terms with that idea and also rejecting suicide because, um, you know, it's not really a good thing. But, yeah, it's coming to terms with the cruel idea that everything you try to, I guess, learn or everything you try to um, educate yourself with, like, through science or religion or any sort of philosophical questions at the end of the day doesn't really mean anything and it's being okay with that idea is what I'm at least understanding is the main idea of absurdism and to you know reject suicide because of that and be able to live a life full of I guess like passion and all that like, live life in the now, basically, because that's what most, I guess, religions go opposite of, for the most part, at least. Or at least, since I grew up in a Catholic, like, uh, household, they always used to teach me, oh, yeah, be a good person now. Be, like, you know, go to church, do good things, this and that, so that you can live a good life in the afterlife with, you know, in heaven and all that. But, I don't know. As I grew up, I kind of started rejecting that idea of uh, Catholicism because it just didn't really align with my morality and I started questioning a lot of it. 
kind of growing up, my parents or my mom mainly, eh, my dad too, my dad as well. Um, they both kind of just, and my grandparents, pretty much anybody running around me that was Catholic, kind of just started like questioning where I was going with that because they were, I guess, very into the religion and very into the idea of the Christian God and Jesus and the Virgin Mary and all those stories. You know, they very much believe in that. But I kind of just like, questioned it and kind of like thought for it on my own I guess for, for a while and I like came to the conclusion that why do I have to be a good person because someone tells me to be a good person you know why can't I just be a good person because I want to be a good person like I don't need some higher power to tell me to be a good person you know I want to be a good person because I want to be a good person and I guess there's nothing like telling you you can't do that in the religion but still the idea of you do good now to have a good life in the afterlife even that part kind of just raised a couple of questions to me because like it just didn't make sense you know like, at the time, I was very heavily leaned into science and all that. I think this was in, like, high school and all that, where I was heavily leaned into science, and I'm like, that just does not make any sort of sense whatsoever. So, I, at the time, I became, uh, what was it? Uh, atheist, where I just rejected the idea of God, or the idea of a higher power, really. Um... And as I grew up, or I grew a little older, this was around the 11th grade, I kind of became more open with ideas of religion. I still didn't, like, accept it or become go back into being Catholic like my parents wanted me to. But I still, like, learned or explored Catholicism or Christianity at the time because I didn't really go back into Catholic well I never really went back to religion but I never went back into studying Catholicism but I did learn quite a bit of Christianity while I was at the group home that's where 11th grade basically was um so yeah what in the group home I learned quite a bit of Christianity but that idea that main idea of be good for a higher power just never really stuck with me because it's like I had the idea of why can't yeah why can't I do things for myself like sure it's selfish but at the end of the day I am living I'm the one living my life nobody else is living it so yeah that's the idea you know these are just ideas I had back then it's not really what I have right now but yeah, just, why can't I live life right now, you know? So, yeah, I just, yeah, kind of just rejected that whole idea. Afterwards, in time, um, I actually got, like, more depressed and more sad. And that's kind of when I stopped exploring the idea. That's when I left the group home, basically. I stopped the exploring the ideas of other religions or other views of other religions and just kind of became depressed, really. I, didn't, I, I kind of adopted a more of a, I guess, nihilistic view where popping is me cracking my knuckles, by the way. Um, kind of weird. But... I adopted a more nihilistic view of things where I kind of just thought like what, what am I like doing all of this for I'm not really going through with anything I guess I'm kind of just like what is the point there is no point I came to the conclusion that there was no point there is no well I can't really you know definitively say that there is no afterlife but I think that is something I did think at the, at the time, where I, I thought that there definitively was no afterlife. 
Well, there was no higher power. And yeah, I was, I guess, very down and depressed for quite a while. Obviously, it's not a good thing. Because, you know, you got to be doing things. Um, then I got my first view into, I guess, philosophy. Where one of my great friends, what's his name? Uh, well, I know his name. I'm just not going to say it. Because, you know, I'm not really trying to put anyone's name out there without their consent. But, uh, let's call him... Let's see. Obama. It is not the president, but that is the first name that came to mind. And that is the only thing that came to mind. Please do not judge me. Anyways, Obama introduced me to this one YouTuber called Sisyphus55. The first video he introduced me to was a video called, well, two videos actually. He introduced me to two videos, both titled, or one titled on depression and one titled on suicide. Both very great videos. I recommend everybody listening here to watch them. Even if, even if you're not going through those things, the ideas of the ideas pushed through by those videos are still some of the most amazing fucking ideas. So, damn, that fucking creaking. I really wish the microphone didn't pick that up. It's my chair. I try not to move that much, but I like moving around when I talk. It's very weird hearing that in the recording. Anyways, uh, yeah, I heard that in the first one, and I'm like, damn, that's tough. Anyways, I digress. Um, as I was saying, yeah, those two videos, On Depression and On Suicide by Sisyphus55, both amazing videos. They, are, um, they do touch quite a bit, or a little bit of absurdism, or Albert Camus' teachings, the one on suicide that one touches that one dives more into those ideas the one on depression well i guess also revolves around the idea of the absurd and absurdism but that's where i got my first glance of absurdism or my first glance into that philosophy although at the time i remember not being able to like comprehend or understand many of those topics or many of those uh yeah i guess topics that he was talking about i kind of just like saw the video and i'm like yeah i guess that makes sense but like what 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 was he talking about the entire time i'm so confused i didn't understand it and i guess that made sense because you know i was so stuck with that nihilistic view where oh yeah there is no point but that's but the point of absurdism is that's the point there is no point, you know, kind of contradicting with itself and being okay with that. Um, so, but yeah, I didn't really dive much into philosophy or absurdism until much recently, where I think, um, you know, started watching more of Sisyphus 55's videos. Such a great YouTuber, by the way. I heavily suggest people to, I guess, watch a video or two of him. Just go through his video catalog and just watch whatever interests you. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I started uh, watching a lot of his videos and started watching a little more of other people's videos that also touch on philosophy or ideas of life or... Yeah, just people also going through with life, having similar questions as I have. Um, I was still very, I was still pretty depressed at the time. However, this is like more again more recently, November, October, September type uh, time era, where I was still quite depressed, and well, I guess I still am, but not to the same extent. But I still, you know, was still exploring that idea of, well, like, what does this all mean? Like, what, his video still didn't make sense to me with that much, but I, just, I still kept watching them because I found them interesting and 
I kept learning about this Albert Camus guy. I actually, uh, you know, might buy one of his books because it just seems interesting. But yeah, I kept learning about this guy and this idea of uh, absurdism, and I also learned it's counter his. It's like uh, I don't know. I guess cousin extension extensionalism. I'm not really too sure exactly what existentialism is unfortunately but i do know it is a subcategory of nihilism absurdism is also a subcategory of nihilism but i think existentialism is like the idea where the belief in nothing which is nihilism is still something so those whole ideas of conch of it contradicting itself is you know very I guess extensionalism yeah basically I don't know I'm not really too educated on the topic unfortunately so I'm not really gonna try to speak too much on it but yeah that's what I know basically um let's see but yeah back to absurdism I, I started learning a lot about it and I've I don't know, I'm very connected with those ideas where it's like there really is like no ultimate goal that we try to achieve as humans. We kind of just go through life just to, you know, go through with it. There really isn't a point made by a higher power or anything like that it's really just up to us to make that point regardless of what that point might be well, at least that's my philosophy at least it's i guess it does go a little bit against absurdism but i mean it's my fucking life i live it how i want to i'm not gonna a hundred percent devote myself to one thing if it's not something i a hundred percent agree with which obviously I don't 100% agree with absurdism. I mean, there are some ideas of um, you have to be unbound from like certain ethical rules, and I'm like, okay, chill. We could kick back a little bit because you know some ethical rules are you know there for a reason and a good one at that. Because um, I think Albert Camus did do quite a bit of cheating on his wife, which eventually did lead to her suicide very contradictory with the idea of absurdism might I add where you I guess reject that idea of suicide um but yeah obviously I do still very much like this idea and actually recently adopted or I guess became interested in the idea of stoicism or you don't really I guess need so many of these material goods that other people like you know the top one percent claim you need oh the like fucking yeah you know you don't really need to i guess devote your 20s to just work 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 so you can retire on your 30s you know because i feel like that's such a like uh fucked idea Cause it's like, oh, yeah, sacrifice your 20s, you know, your good times, so you can possibly have a, a, a good life later on, you know? Which is very fucked, I guess, because it's like, I don't know. I guess that is also one of the ideas of absurdism, where hope is kind of like, not exactly a good thing, you know? Because it is, at the end of the day, something that... I guess justifies the torment or the anguish or suffering that we put ourselves now for the hope of a better tomorrow or a better future for whether it be our families or ourselves that hope is like the thing that keeps us I guess suffering or that keeps us in that suffering so we can have that better tomorrow and it's like not fam you don't need to suffer right now so you can be happy tomorrow. I mean, 
I would still argue that suffering is necessary, though. Like, you can definitely suffer. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying be happy 100% of the time. Because you can totally also, I guess, be happy 100%. Well, to a certain extent. Because, well, I guess the main point I'm trying to get at is you need suffering so you can be happy. You need one so you can have the other. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, both of them can coexist. Not at the same oh, maybe. Maybe at the same time? I guess you can be happy through the suffering, which is a beautiful idea, not gonna lie. I like that. I didn't really expect to. Huh. You can be happy through the suffering. I guess that is the main idea of absurdism, you know? Where, yeah, you are suffering, you know? Life is, I guess, the whole, the cruel indifference of the universe versus the indomitable human spirit, I mean. Um, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, you don't really... Wow, Jesus Christ, give me a fucking second. I did actually not expect to, like, come to that conclusion. Jesus Christ. It is, I, I don't know, it's such, like, a simple, basic conclusion, yet still a very real one. Like, sure, you can be going through some tough shit, but you can still be content or okay with the idea. I guess the idea of suffering, like, is a good enough, like, I don't know, at least in my eyes, at least, an indicator that you're living life, you know? It's like, yeah, I'm going through shit, but it's because I'm human. It's because I'm real. I'm here. I'm living these experiences. I may not be having the greatest of moments at the time, but that's okay, you know? Because I will be better. I will become better. I will learn from this. I will grow from this. And I guess being able to come to that conclusion in the midst of suffering is a beautiful thing. And I do hope that anybody going through some shit right now, like some very tough shit, whether that be financial issues or family issues or relationship issues or really any sort of issues mental health issues um problems or really anything i really do hope that you can i wouldn't say be okay with it because you should never really be okay with suffering but I guess be okay. Yeah, be okay. Hope you can understand or know that you will get better. You will get better. This It's not permanent. It never will be permanent. It never has been permanent. It's just something that you have to go through. And... It will get better. It always does. You just have to trust. Distrust. Trust the process. I like that. I didn't... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really expect to come to that conclusion. Recording this. That's actually very nice. Uh, wow. That's very cool. But, yeah. Let's see. I'm not even sure how long I've been recording for, but damn. <sighs> but yeah, the idea of absurdism. Such an, well, an absurd idea. And the idea of stoicism as well. Where it's, you, again, you don't need these luxurious goods or very you know, material goods to be able to live a good life, you know? 
you can slow down and appreciate the the small things you know whether that be a child running by happily down the street or not by the street but you know by the neighborhood or whether that be a happy couple you see when you walk into the cafe or whether that be the flowers you see when you walk by someone's house or the what's it called you know yeah just enjoy the small things because they go by much quicker than you will ever anticipate they always leave you when you never expect them, the small things. And then you start missing those small things. That is a sad thing, you know? Enjoy everything that comes by. Don't ever take it for granted. Well, I guess we will take them for granted because, you know, it is human nature to take some things for granted. It's not really something you can 100% stop. But I guess, I don't know. Try. I do advise you to try. Not just... Like, sure, just because we will take things for granted doesn't mean we can try, doesn't mean we can't try to change that, you know? It's like the whole road to perfection thing. It's not something you're ever going to achieve, but it's something you can, I guess, try in a healthy manner. Obviously, you don't want 100% devote yourself to something because you might end up sacrificing everything, including yourself. I remember uh, watching this one video. It was a video analysis on two movies, Whiplash and Black Swan. How the ultimate reward requires the ultimate sacrifice. Or absolute perfection requires absolute sacrifice. That was the actual quote. Um, I haven't seen Black Swan, but I have seen Whiplash. Such a phenomenal movie. I'd heavily suggest people to watch it. I legit watched that movie three times this month alone. Just because of how fucking good it is. I watched it two days in a row just because of how good it is. Um, but yeah, it's, um, what was I saying? Why did I mention, wait, fuck, I completely forgot why I mentioned it. I'm sorry. Uh, damn. What was I trying to go through? Oh, well. I'll remember. But, huh. Oh, well, I forgot. Anyways, I guess we can talk about Whiplash and how I guess it fits into the whole theme of, you know, like, what was it? I remember trying to reach the road of perfection, but in the healthy manner. Where, I guess, if you haven't watched the movie, uh, I don't know, pause it now, I guess, and watch it? I don't know. No, I'm not going to do it. Or maybe you are. I don't know, maybe you stopped listening already. If you were wanted to watch the movie beforehand. Anyways, movie is such a great movie. It's about... Well, actually, I'm not going to talk about it. Ah, well, I might as well. People that wanted to leave already, already left. So... So, yeah, um... Fuck. My mind just farted hard. Jesus Christ. Hey, when it does that, fuck. Damn, I had like a good train going, but damn, it just kind of crashed and ended, unfortunately. Um, I guess I can still talk about the movie. Such a good one. Jesus. Andrew Newman. And Terrence Fletcher, the protagonist and antagonist, respectively, both played by such phenomenal actors. I forgot who the actor was for Andrew Newman, but Terrence Fletcher, J.K. Simmons, oh my God, fire! Such does a phenomenal job. Um. So yeah, this whole idea of. I guess the movie is more about the negative relationship between Terrence Fletcher and Andrew Newman. 
where well I guess it is a movie about you know well the movie is about Andrew Neiman's story obviously but I think it also touches on negative or unhealthy relationships whether that be friendships or parent and child or even romantic relationships where I guess because the whole idea or philosophy behind Andrew, or not Andrew, Terrence, was um, he wanted to create the next best uh, jazz musician. He wanted to create the next best prodigy, basically. And not the prodigy, not the, the next best. Uh, I completely forgot what. Uh, musicians they mentioned in there but yeah the next great the next the one of the greats basically and to achieve that he heavily abuses the absolute living shit out of his students especially Andrew Neiman I guess he sees something in Andrew he sees that drive that ambition in Andrew and that drive in Andrew forces Andrew to sacrifice everything and everyone around him in order to get that validation from Fletcher um which is obviously not great he goes as far as disconnecting himself from his family ending his uh relationship with his girlfriend that time at the time and even going as far as still trying to perform in front of a live audience right after a car crash, right after coming out of a car crash. And, you know, at that point in the movie, it's kind of like when he realizes, oh, damn, this probably is not, you know, the best thing for me. I shouldn't really be sacrificing my own mental health and physical health. Because at that point, it was getting physical. I shouldn't sacrifice my mental and physical health just to, you know, just for the, the approval of this one guy. And the manipulation that Fletcher uses on Neiman is... It's scary, but... The way it works is, I guess, kind of intriguing and fascinating. Where he, like, gets into Neiman's, I guess, roots and just exploits them to the fullest by using personal things against him and going even as far to physically abusing the guy by slapping the tempo slapping him to the tempo that he wants him to play at which is fucking insane and throwing a damn chair at him too and forcing him to play faster and faster to the point of legit like actual blood and sweat not even a fucking metaphor at that point it's actual blood and sweat But yeah, by the time Andrew stops playing, he stops playing for, I think, a half a year. And Terrence, you know, leaves the university he was teaching him at. Because, you know, it was at a university he was teaching him at. The best one in New York, apparently. But, yeah. Um, he leaves the... Well, he doesn't leave. He was more forced to leave. Because Andrew Neiman spoke on his actions about how they were, you know, physically, how he was physically abusing people or mentally abusing people. To the point where he drove, actually, one of his previous students to suicide. Very bad thing. Whoa. Anyways. Um. But yeah. But at this point in the movie, Andrew runs into Fletcher again. And... That's when Fletcher takes one last 
I guess, nudge at trying to get Andrew to come back to him by, I guess, convincing him or trying to justify his actions. That's where his actions or his motivation is revealed, where he believes, well, uh, Fletcher believes that the world is, you know, going soft and him, you know, teaching at the the you know the form that he was teaching um was pretty much the only way to get another one of the grades because at that point in the movie jazz is dying and you know jazz is still dying today which is i don't know kind of unfortunate because the fucking genre was amazing i like it um but yes still regardless um he uses that as an excuse to you know do the things that he's doing, manipulate them and abuse his students the way that he was doing it. Kind of all in the hopes that one of them will become one of the greats. And I guess the kid that committed suicide was the closest thing that he had to one of the greatest and he lost it. So now he has to he basic his last hope is basically Andrew Newman. So he invites Andrew to one last uh I guess performance because he's missing a drummer, supposedly. Maybe he's not and just wanted Neiman to be there. But yeah, he invites him to one more performance and at this point Fletcher knows that Andrew was the one that spoke against him because Andrew did it anonymously but you know he still is able to deduce that you know Andrew was the one that spoke about him so his whole point in inviting him was to embarrass him in front of an audience one last time and he does. He orders the orchestra, or he orders the ensemble to play something Neiman has never played before. And he doesn't even have the fucking sheet. So, the whole ensemble is playing, and he's just playing off-tune, off-beat, off-everything. Playing the completely wrong notes. Which is obviously what Fletcher wanted. He wanted to embarrass him one last time and break him one last time. But at this point, Neiman walks off stage and is about to leave. But at the very last moment, he turns back and gets back on the drums. And as Fletcher is speaking to the audience, he just goes off starts going off on them drums and it's it's the fuck it's fucking amazing i mean he i guess directs the whole i guess leads the whole ensemble into playing a song neiman not fletcher and fletcher tries to i guess i guess belittle him again one last time or try to insult him again one last time but at this point for Neiman it's just fuel for him it just motivates him to I guess keep going and as they're playing I think at this point they're playing Caravan I don't know who's it by but yeah they're playing Caravan um eventually Fletcher begins turns from a I guess terrible mentor or a very abusive mentor to some sort of ally for Neiman even going as far to fix one of the symbols after it like you know kind of topples over so yeah Neiman is just going off on the drums and eventually the song ends but Neiman doesn't stop playing he just keeps on going the fucking solo's going on for a good 
five, six minutes at this point. And Fletcher is kind of like guiding him as to kind of what to play in a way. And, you know, telling him when to slow down, kind of bring it to a kind of bringing it to a slow or a halt or seeming like a halt but eventually going back up and leading to the you know final solo final song and at this point he kind of like ends the solo but not really and you see Neiman and Fletcher smile at each other for the first time in the movie and the movie ends, fades to black. Well, not fades to black, but just ends. Um, some people would say that it is a good ending. And I guess for a while I did too. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized it wasn't really the best of endings. Not like cinematic-wise. Cinematically fucking phenomenal ending. Phenomenal movie. But... In the context of the story, it kind of like justifies whatever Fletcher was doing. Because that was the whole point that he wanted to do. All the abuse that he put Neiman through. All the abuse that he gave to him. Or all the physical abuse, mental abuse. All that shit is justified by the end of the movie. Because Neiman became to be one of the greats and obviously that's not a good thing you know Try, like uh, like justifying all of that which is terrible I guess um throughout uh, yeah I guess throughout the whole movie Fletcher was kind of like doomed to win or, well I guess it's not really a doom to him but, you know, to the protagonist or to the, I guess, good guys, he was doomed to win. Where regardless of what happened, he was going to win. His original point was just to embarrass Neiman, and he would have still won. But Neiman came back and delivered the greatest performance for the movie. And Fletcher still won, because that's also what he wanted. He wanted to embarrass Neiman, but he still got the greatest fucking, I guess, performance he's ever gotten. So he wins, regardless of what happens. Regardless if Neiman wins or not, Fletcher also wins. So I guess it is, I don't know, a tra- I would say it's a tragedy. Tragedy. Kind of like, you know, those old Greek stories or Roman stories that were some tragedies. Yeah, it's a, more of a tragedy than anything, which is kind of unfortunate. And I guess kind of just puts a little light, in, or at least in my eyes, on negative relationships. Again, whether that be friendships, parental relationships, or romantic relationships. Where, I guess kind of, I don't know, it's, it's very hard to realize when you... Are being abused because or being manipulated or yeah abused because it's something you're used to you always want to find that validation from the abuser because you know you think that that's all they have that's basically the whole point of the abuser the whole the whole abusers point is to make you think the abusee that you that they are all you have and their validation is what you need to survive it is not you do not need their fucking validation for you to survive please fucking leave the relationship jesus christ this is not good for you as i was saying <laughs> uh yeah jesus christ it is never it's just yeah it shines a very good light on that and again if you are going through a similar thing i guess you know i hope you notice it it is very hard to notice it and i also hope that you find the courage and strength to do something about it because you know it's not really the best whether that be a friendship 
and the friendship parental uh relationship oh, i don't know it really depends on how old you are <laughs> um i guess if you're underage stick through it you it will get better it will get better i promise you leave the house as soon as you're 18 one way or another just live in your car for all you give a shit just fucking do it it is not good to live in a household with a fucking parental figure like that if you're in a romantic relationship fucking leave him or her you know because both people can abuse both genders can abuse um leave the person they're not good for you there is now 8 billion people 4 billion people if you're attracted to one gender 8 billion people if you're attracted to two or it really depends I don't know sexualities are different um yeah anyways there's just people out there you'll whatever anyways let me keep going i'm getting fucking distracted here um yeah it's just it shines a, it shines a great light on that and i very very much appreciate the movie for that i was i think i was gonna speak on something else of the movie unfortunately i forgot what it was oh well but oh man But yeah, that was hmm, great movie. How do you suggest you guys? Well, you already left if you wanted to watch it. So I guess great movie. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'll I think I'll wrap it up here. I kind of ran out of things to say and I don't really want to extend it for too long because I think I have uh, I don't know I'm definitely pat I don't know I don't know what part I'm at in time in aspects of time eh, I can always record another episode of that after this one if I wanted to but yeah I think I'll wrap it up for this one um again thank you for listening it's not really as you know personal or deep as the last one but regardless i still do appreciate you listening it means way more than you'll ever imagine and yeah thank you uh y'all have i hope y'all have an amazing day today it is christmas if you're listening on christmas or if you're listening afterwards maybe even after the new year's i really do hope you had an amazing holiday an amazing new year as well if it's if you're listening before new year's i hope you have an amazing new year's if you're listening after you got this bro this new year is gonna be yours it is your fucking time to shine you got this do what you gotta do ask that person out get that job or leave that job if you have to um just go for it you got this All right. Thank you. Bye.